This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Monday morning. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for December 6th, episode 2823, brought to you today by Eagle Equine Products. Good morning, horse people. Christmas times are coming. Christmas times are coming. Christmas times are coming, and I know I'm going home. Snowflakes are falling, my old homes are calling. Tall pines are humming, cause Christmas times are coming. That's right, Christmas time is a coming, and our concert is one week from today on December the 13th. The special holiday concert kind of replaces Radiothon for this year at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time with Templeton Thompson and Sam Gay. Uh, it was supposed to be last or last week or two weeks ago. I don't remember. Uh, but uh, she had a death in the family. Matter of fact, they're heading up to the funeral right now. So she'll be back in time for the concert on December the 13th. And don't forget, this is a chance to win thousands of dollars in prizes, including your opportunity to win your choice of any Wintech saddle. Now, Jamie, I would like to let you yes. know that this yes. is not on Horses in the Morning, which means you can register to win. What? No way. It's not on horses in the morning. Do you know how much people would hate me if I was the one who won the saddle? <laughs> I'm not talking. I'm just giving you the opportunity to. You have to deal with what comes after. Yeah, I don't need that. You know what? I have enough <laughs> social media drama for the next 10 years. I'm good. I'm fine. I want somebody else to win and you have can't fun. say I didn't offer it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know better than that. <laughs> don't put me in that trap. <laughs> Here I try to be nice, and look what happens. Well, coming up on today's show, we have Molly Bailey from Chronicle of the Horse. She joins us to explain the new USEF amateur rule changes. We talk a little bit about some horses that Jamie has. We might have a list or two. We talk about your equestrian first world problems. And in the post show, I hear that Jamie wants to whine about something. There's something new. If you're a new listener to the show, give us a week. Uh, you know, we always say that, give us a week uh, for new listeners, because, you know, we've been doing this for 11, 11 years now, and almost 3,000 episodes, and kind of have some inside things that we talk about, but we kind of explain them, too. Uh, Jamie is a Monty Roberts certified instructor. I am a horse husband, and that's about it. Uh, Jamie was not a Monty Roberts cert- sort of certified instructor when she started, but got that while we were doing the show all these years, so you'll hear references to that. Um, we talk about Radiothon. That was something we did up till COVID time. Uh, maybe do again sometime in the future. That was a 12-hour event we did at Christmas. It was live. It was 12 hours. It was 20 hosts. It was a lot of uh, big-name guests and a lot of work. <laughs> and a lot of listeners who submitted hundreds of voicemails to us. You'll hear some of those uh, that we replay here during the holiday season. So that kind of explains the show. We talk a little bit about everything and a lot about nothing involving horses. So, and we have guests. Good that explanation. Are fun too. We talk a lot about everything and a little involving nothing for whatever. Kind of where the Seinfeld of the horse world. Um, that was good. Is, 
<laughs> it's funny to try to explain because I had a woman over and she was like, she was like, I can't believe you're feeding your horses at 1030. And I was like, I work until 1030. So they eat. And the, the, on those days they eat 1030 live throw hay to them, but like they don't get their grain until then. She's like, I just don't understand how you can do that. I'm like, cause I work. And she was like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> now I got to explain it. Never mind. Did I she don't know work. what a podcast was? Uh, she is. She's like seventies and seventies, and so I was like, uh, <laughs> "I do a podcast." She's like, "I've heard about those." I'm like, "Phew, oh, just just move. Let's move." You, I slept in. I overslept. They 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 eat at ten thirty. I'm lazy. Carry on. Do you know how many time everybody? How many times everybody that Jamie and I have had to explain what a podcast is for eleven years? It's less and less now. It's less and less. It, but is. it is entertaining. Like the first time, like we started this show, I was like, I get hired to do a podcast. What station is that on? You know, it's so yeah. funny because most podcasters will tell everybody that they have a podcast, right? It's almost become a meme. And Jamie and I were like, oh, don't ask, don't ask, don't ask. Oh, just, God, I don't want you. <laughs> First explain of all, it I again. you, I don't want you to listen because I'm talking about you, okay? <laughs> and you ruin the fun. Carry on. It is Let's true. Do <laughs> Let's do. Oh, by the way, and one of the things we do on the show is Daily Winnies that started early, early, early on. It's kind of our way to give a shout out to people. And we give birthdays to our terrific auditors. Auditors are super fans. They actually pay a little bit of money. They donate every month toward the host cause. Uh, Jamie gets a little bit of that every month. She gets Believe a share. Believe it or not, this show does not rake in millions. No. So a little bit. <laughs> That's one thing about podcasting that you have to learn. <laughs> Keeps the lights on in Glenn There's Fox. like four people making a lot of money in podcasting, and one of them is Joe Rogan. Other than that... <laughs> The rest of us are starving. <laughs> the rest of us. Well, happy birthday to our terrific auditors, Charlotte Merrill Smith. I'll tell you a little bit about that. Uh, and Rob Bowersox. Now, he is not an auditor, but he has a podcast called Major League Eventing Podcast, which Jamie was on recently. This does tie back into auditors, though, Jamie, because I want to let you know one of our new auditors in the past two weeks heard about us from Major League Eventing when you were okay. on. Okay. Oh, good. So yeah, she came was, over. I can't believe she wanted to hear more. About I know. It. She Whoa. came over, started listening to us, and already became an auditor. So apparently, you're you got one l- new listener out of doing that show. So good God, job. God, I'm tired of me after that show. He <laughs> talked. They asked me questions for like an hour. <laughs> so congrats or happy birthday to them. By the way, we saw Charlotte, uh, who of course is our favorite. Olympic para, para rider, and we saw her over the weekend. We met her for lunch at the World Equestrian Center. We went over there to see some people do some jumping, and it's all decorated for Christmas, and it was fun. We had some Italian food. By the way, that is the best food of any any horse show grounds in the world. Really? Oh, there's some really good. There's seven did, restaurants there, and the food's really good. Did you guys go watch Kayla? We tra- yes, we other- went to watch Kayla, but you know the way the jumpers do it where they don't announce who's going when? Yeah. So they were supposed to be in the to, bathroom. Yeah. No, they were supposed to start at one. So we went over for twelve thirty. Well, they started early at eleven, and she had just gone when we got there. Oh no! Jumper shows are kind of funny. They just start whenever they want to, and pr- pretty much just go in whatever order. <laughs> you know what's really fun is to be the competitor in that world and to plan for one o'clock, and then they're like, "Okay, 
riders up or whatever they say. I don't yeah. know. Eleven o'clock. We're gonna start early. So Charlotte was there and saw her ride, but uh, we did not. She sent us a video though, so I did get to see her ride. It is kind of a cool place. It was fun to go over there in the afternoon. Everything was decorated. There must have been a million Christmas trees and Christmas stuff there. And you're sitting by this five-star hotel with the arena in front, and they're jumping, and you're eating your Italian lunch, which is very good. Um, and it was just kind of cool. <laughs> it was neat to hang out there with Charlotte for a couple of hours. We also got some new auditors over the last week. Thank you to Melanie Mikovsky. Oh, God. I think I got that. Mikovsky. 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 Melanie did this Sorry, just Mom. to mess with me today, so I'd have to say her name. You know that, right? Melanie, listen, remember when Glenn mispronounces your name, it is a badge of honor. Oh, she's listened. She knows. <laughs> Heather Lindroth uh, also joined the group, and thank you so much for doing it last week so we didn't have a washout. We hate weeks when there's no new auditors, and you guys stepped up, so thank you for that. Also, increasing pledges was Judy Passmore and Rhonda Crabtree, our yeah. legacy listeners, listened since the very beginning. They increased their pledges. Thank you so much to both of you. So if you want to become an auditor, head over to horseradionetwork.com, scroll down the right-hand side of the page, click on the auditor banner, and you too can join the fun. Okay, he's totally listening right now. Oh. And I'm going to give him a daily winnie because I'm 100% positive, maybe 99% positive that he's listening. Oh, my God, Tim McGraw. Wow. Tim McGraw's listening? He, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he listens. <laughs> Go. Let me just hey, tell you. Hey, could you become an auditor at the $10,000 a month level, please? <laughs> uh, no, he's, he's not listening, actually, probably. But um, he is now deeply into the horse guy. Have you seen um, – Yellowstone? I have not seen it at all yet. Have okay, you? Well, no, I, I've seen a couple of them, uh, but they're doing a prequel to Yellowstone. And it's about like, a couple and, and, and Sam Elliott and it's Tim McGraw and Faith Hill are like the matriarch and patriarch of this family. And they've got to move them from apparently like Texas up to Montana, which is where the Yellowstone actually takes place, which I guess Kevin Costner is like a kid of theirs or so. I don't know the whole thing, but anyway, Tim McGraw is in a new show and they've ran a preview before the concert. And he is balls to the wall on some horses. He is like his acting looked phenomenal. I've watched a couple different trailers now and his acting looks amazing and it just looks awesome. And at one point, Oh my, first of all, let me back up. Dude, dude is 54 years old and I have never been more attracted to a human besides <laughs> my husband. <laughs> I mean, of course. Did oh he lose God. weight? He looked buff in those pictures you posted. He? Cause there wasn't he always a little chunky? No, there's just 0% body fat on okay. that human. That yeah. is a specimen. He actually made joke because he came out with like a big black beard. And he's so funny. He's like, all of you see my beard. First of all, I got to apologize. I'm doing this show and they're making me have this big beard. And he goes, also, this is not a midlife crisis because those that know me know that this beard should be gray, but they've dyed it <laughs> make it a big black beard. And at some point he also said, um, he was like, all of you out in the audience noticing that I'm not wearing my wedding ring. First of all, things with Faith and I are great. Everything is okay. He goes, but this is my rain hand. I've been riding a whole lot. This is my rain <laughs> hand. My hand is really swollen. <laughs> 
so he's like, I can't wear it. My wedding ring doesn't fit because my hand is so swollen. That's my brain hand. Welcome to the like, horse world. Oh, my God. I love you so much more. And he goes, he did say, he was like, this beard is not a midlife crisis. And he goes on to play it. He goes, but these tight jeans might be. Oh, that's oh another thing I want to bring up. Does he have those custom made or what? Chad, I, I turned to Chad. I was like, there's not one extra fold of fabric no. in the whole entire thing. I'm like, he has to have those custom made he has to. to him. I I was like, My Wranglers wow. do not look like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And at one point, his shirt accidentally popped open during one of the songs. I mean, it kind of pulled open. But uh, he has like 16 abs. That's inhuman. <laughs> the way the man looks. Good Lord. I don't know what it, it, HGH, I don't know what you're taking, but it's working and I appreciated every bit of it. And he's saying everything. I just love, and I don't think Chad understood, like Tim McGraw came around in like 1994, which is like, and I you know, high school for me and high school. And then like up through my twenties. And if you hear that Taylor Swift song, if you think Tim McGraw, you know, if you hear Tim McGraw, I, I think of you like Tim McGraw is at every point in my life. There's a Tim McGraw song that goes with that time in my life. And it was just so cool to finally, like I told Chad, I'm like, I'm just so happy to see those words come out of his face. So cool. Chad's <laughs> like, what is your wrong with now, Was he always into, was he ever into horses before? He's, uh, yeah. So I remember back in like 96, he and Kenny Chesney were in, I think it was Central Park. And they actually stole some I think they were police horses, hopped on them and rode them and ended up getting arrested. <laughs> but they, they, <laughs> yeah, they don't look a... kindly to that. I don't care if you're a celebrity or not. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I mean, they, they were young and dumb back then, you know, and, and I remember them getting in trouble for that. He's always been a horse guy forever. So he is just, and oh my God, I just was so amazed and impressed. And, and he actually said, he goes, y'all, I've got so many scripts in my head that I'm having to remember lines. He goes, I may lose some words to these songs, but if that happens, I'll just, and he put the microphone out to the crowd. I'll just do this. <laughs> and it was awesome. And he was, oh, so the the way that it was, we went to see him and now he plays like stadiums and we went to see him in a casino in Durant, Oklahoma. And my friend from Sugarland told me, he was like, when you play a casino, just know they are paying you like it's stupid money, apparently to get a gig in a casino. So they're at the casino and Chad was like, I'm so sorry. I only could get standing room only. They were sold. All the seats were sold out. Well, it turns out standing room only is like right in front of the stage. It's like a little pit in front of the stage. So when we started off, I was like 10 feet from Tim McGraw. And I mean, he was like sweating on me. It was amazing. Now, were the but, uh, bodyguards heading your direction? Because they saw you were about to jump on the stage. No, I was cool. I was cool. I mean, I'm 40 <laughs> something, you know, like I, I've learned how to behave. But what I didn't realize was like at a country music concert, when you're 5'2 in standing room only, as it continued to fill up and fill up, fill up, why the hell do six feet tall men have to wear cowboy hats indoor? <laughs> Like, you were at a country concert. You realize that, right? And they're all wearing their cowboy hats, and I couldn't see anything. I was like, I kept like, ducking and dodging and trying to get around to see like things. And like when he pulled up in his shirt, I totally missed like the lower <laughs> half of his abs. It was ridiculous. But it was so cool. I mean, it was a 3,000-seat arena. arena. Did they casino. give discounts for Daisy Dukes? Uh, they must have, because there was all sorts of girls. <laughs> I bet going. there were. <laughs> 
And and but but what's cool about going to a country music concert versus like a pop con- concert is in a pop show everybody's wearing next to nothing and stiletto heels and all this and this type of show everybody might be wearing next to nothing but they're also wearing cowboy boots. That's true. Kind of cool. <laughs> and hats uh, and hats yeah. as you learned. <laughs> and then we went out and we we it's a casino and I didn't have a child with me which was awesome. Chad and I had just had total date night. We had a hotel in Durant, Oklahoma, um, the Quality Inn, which was lovely. And so we we went and I'm like, let's play some blackjack. And we each started with a hundred dollar bill. So we sit down and we cash in each of our hundreds. Well, I am a thief and I am also responsible. So as you continue to make money, I'm going to steal your money, husband, and I'm going to put it in my pocket. And I'm also going to steal the money that I make. Like if I win like a green chip, I'm going to put that in my pocket. Okay. So I, I, Chad calls it chipmunking. So as we play and if he starts getting too much money, I chipmunk it and I take it and I put it in my pocket. And so at the end of the night, when you're like, okay, I'm out of money. All right. And he turns to me, he goes, did you chipmunk anything? I said, I don't know. I think I have like 10 bucks in my pocket. And we go to the red, you know, the cashier and I pull out the chips. $215, baby. <laughs> so you gained 15. You didn't I lose your money. 15 bucks. I might have spent 40 on drinks, but it doesn't matter. That's a separate account. We made $15 in our gambling, which was fantastic. And as the people get drunker, uh, I didn't over drink or anything, but like as the, because the people around you get drunker, they make really poor decisions yes. <laughs> in gambling. And I was like, that's it. I'm going home. She hit on a six, a six showing. That's not okay. Have we ever played? You and I both love blackjack. Have we ever played together? Well, no, we haven't been to casino because you're the one who goes on boats. And uh, well, you know, like I told you we're coming out to your house this year. We're going to a casino. We are, okay. You well, and I are going um, to a casino. We're leaving the non-betters home. What was cool about this one was it was a uh, it had like an entire half of it was non-smoking. Oh, thank which, God! Which you just—I mean, you just—you're like, oh my God! And they, they had bright lights and no smoking, and I was like, I feel like I don't feel like a degenerate right now. I feel like well, a can normal person. Yeah, <laughs> we both have allergies, so an evening of smoke is not much fun. No, well, uh, I mean, not. It's the reason I don't go much. on the on the cruise ship. I don't go to the casino on the cruise ship because it's the only place they allow you to smoke, and it's full of smoke. To <laughs> be fair, I don't even mind people smoking, but when it's like, oh, and to, like you need a miner's cap yes. to walk through a building, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the most problem. casinos are. Well, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. All right, good. Well, then that's what we're gonna make. We're gonna add that to our list. Can we get back to Sam Elliott for one minute? Yes, he's amazing. Yeah, but he plays this. He plays Sam Elliott in every character he's ever played. Yeah, he's Sam. Do you agree with that? Well, you know, he just did this show uh, with I'm going to I'm going to find it because it's on Netflix and it's a movie that he did with Laura Prepon. So can you find that? And uh, it is so fantastic. And he plays like an old washed up actor in the movie. And so, yes, he plays Sam Elliott in that one. What was the series he did uh, with the, with the boys? And then the one got in trouble. Um, Ranch. Yeah. Ranch. He played Sam Elliott. there too. (laughs) He doesn't have to act because he's just playing himself in all these movies. He's just fantastic. Um, he, he actually, actually, if you ever seen him in Parks and Rec, it's hilarious. He plays a hippie in that one, and he's like barefoot walking around. Yeah, it's great. He's totally opposite in that one. But the new show that he's in is called 1883. Oh, that's right. Is that is the movie, the prequel? Tim and, Tim and Faith. Yeah, yeah, it's the prequel. Okay. 
There you go. Well, there you go. There's uh, there's movie talk for you this morning. We didn't plan any of that, but that's okay. Well, it all started with Tim McGraw riding horses. <laughs> and, and by the way, Sam Elliott rides horses. All of them ride horses in this. And oh my gosh, I'm just, I, I, I haven't seen, to me, like Yellowstone was very stressful and violent. And I, it's hard for me to watch stressful. I watch TV at night when I sit down going to bed. And like, I, if it's too stressful, then I don't sleep. So it's a problem. Jennifer, it's uh, the same way. We can't watch a serious show right before bed. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I couldn't get through more than like three episodes because I was so stressed out. I was like biting on my fingernails. Like, <laughs> so stressful. And uh, so, but I'm going to watch 1883. I'm going to start with it. You know, we have a lot of quarter horse owners in the audience. And uh, the, we always say how the Western side makes so much more money than the English side. Well, I don't know if you knew, but the uh, the American Quarter Horse Association's Mega Championship event just concluded in in Oklahoma City, right at the fairgrounds up the street from you, um, on November twentieth, with more than two million dollars in purses. After twenty four days of competition, get this, they had eighty five hundred entries. 1,800 exhibitors, and 2,500 horses at this event. Wow. I, the, the quarter horse things are huge. My vet enormous. told me she had been doing some pre-purchases up there, and the pre-purchases range from <laughs> – well, the, the these people were selling this one horse, and the people buying it told my vet, like, we just don't understand why he's so cheap. Like, what's wrong with him? So figure out what's wrong with him. Uh, he was selling for $50,000. <laughs> that was cheap. And it's like, what's wrong with him? Why is he so cheap? Like, what? <laughs> She's like, I, I, and Chad was like, does it make you nervous? He was like, yeah, yeah. About 50, I started getting nervous about my pre-purchase. <laughs> <laughs> so they gave away 104 world championships. The AQHA is also good at world championships a lot of them they love giving out trophies and money uh 44 select world championships 85 level two championships and 40 level one championships wow just a lot goes on in the aqha uh i I just saw this i just saw the numbers here and it blew me away (laughs) i don't know i guess if you counted the number of entries like at uh winter equestrian festival in wellington over the season it would be that Maybe. Well, you think too, like I think of eventing and, and, and versus the hunters and how damn hard you work for one ribbon and eventing versus like you do a class and you get a ribbon and the hunters. Well, the hunters, you might do 10 classes a day. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they come home with all these ribbons and I'm like, look, I got a little ribbon. Like, great. You know, <laughs> it just Not blew fair. me away. Hey, speaking of uh, uh, breeds that are fun, you got a new horsey and are you allowed to talk about that one at all? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I got, um, oh my gosh, I got a new horse in training and it came in yesterday and it is the stinking cutest thing I've ever seen. And I don't know what I'm going to do with it um, because it is a gypsy fanner. Oh, so precious. She's four years old and she was purchased as a two-year-old was started with a trainer and they were riding her and all of a sudden she's decided she doesn't want to go. To the point where, like, apparently they get on her and, like, she won't move. And she wa- apparently was trotting with the first trainer and just has decided she's not going to move. So, of course, she said Cairo, acupuncture, saddle fitting, ulcers, all the things that you do. And the horse still won't move. 
So, well, it, it should be a, a fairly exciting, fun challenge. And she's like 13 too. So, I mean, too bad. I'm not my, yeah, they're stout. One of my assistants <laughs> can ride them though. I mean, Barrett and Abby's legs would be dragging the dang ground. No, you, you can ride them. <laughs> and that one's, that one's mine. This was, this was mine, guys. I got He's this. He's stout though. I mean, you know, they're, they're always a little big boned. Oh, she's Gypsies. a little tank, yeah. man. But like, the thing is, the owner dropped her off and I'm like, she smells so good. Yeah. I gave her a bath and like her tail is brushed out perfectly, which makes it like three feet wide. And her mane was like perfectly combed and all that. And she's got that little mustache, you know? And all I could think was like, am I responsible for keeping this haircut? Like, <laughs> Do I don't the gypsy Vanner world. <laughs> I don't have time for keeping her hair. Equiderma, baby. <laughs> poofed out and detangled. Yeah, exactly. So, Equiderma, if you could help me out a little bit, that'd be great. Because I don't know what to do. I mean, I have an Andalusian who is like a little thin mane, and to me, that's exhausting. So, I roach everybody else's mane. So, <laughs> uh, don't do that to the gypsy. No, 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 no. better than that. Um, yeah, but I, uh, I don't. I, I think she just wants her to just be able to ride around and stuff. So, we're gonna see what we can get done. Should well, be that's fine. Good. Jamie Magic. It'll be. She'll be doing trails in no time. Yeah. Well, we'll I know part of the magic you use is our next sponsor. Why don't you tell us about MagnaGuard? I do use them. I love the MagnaGuard. It helps prevent ulcers and other gastric issues, giving your horse a happy tummy that he or she deserves. MagnaGuard helps calm horses in two ways. First, there's magnesium in it. That's a natural calmer, and it keeps the gut feeling great, which allows horses to relax. And it has important trace minerals. It's all natural. comes right out of the ground. It can be fed continually without negative side effects. I think of like if you ever see your horse like looking dirt, get them this because this has all the trace minerals that they need. Customers have been reporting healthier, shinier coats, less colic, healthier hooves, and overall healthier horses. Now, there is a discount code. So when you buy it and you go to check out, you get 15% off. It's a one-time use thing, though, so stock up. It's, you know, make it like it's free. EagleEquine.com. All the products come with a money-back guarantee, and if you're not satisfied, you can contact Eagle Equine Products for a full refund. Yeah, when these racehorses come off the out of the they come off the track and they go to the rescue, and then I go pick them up at the rescue and I bring them home. Boom, MagnaGuard. Just like let's just let's just bring you down a notch. Let's try to make that start with the tummy that start feeling good. So I do love it. Very good. It is HRN. Remember that coupon code for fifteen percent oh, yeah. off EagleEquine.com. All right, so coming up next, we have our guest of the day, Molly Bailey from Chronicle the Horse. And right after that, I did. I made your recipe from last Wednesday. Caspacho. So I made your caspacho. I made it yesterday because it had to be in the fridge for 24 hours. So it's been in the fridge for 24 hours. I made it yesterday morning. A couple of listeners made it. We're going to find out if they liked it. So apparently this whole this whole recipe trying thing might be kind of fun. But I haven't tried it yet. I'm going to try it on the show for the first time right after Molly. Nothing like a little gazpacho for breakfast. I was uh, going to say, it's a little early for cold tomato soup. <laughs> well, here it'll be uh, after 11, so I figure I'm good by the time we try oh, I want some. Uh, oh. so, <laughs> so that's coming up. We'll find, I, followed the, I followed directions exactly like you had them. So, and I, the others did, too. They, I, they even posted pictures. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, uh, some people giving it a try. So we're going to go next to Molly Bailey's Chronicle of the Horse. She's going to talk about the U.S. Equestrian Federation's amateur rule changes that went into effect, and we're going to discuss why that's important. Molly, thanks for joining us. 
I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. So over the past couple of years, there's been a lot of people upset, competitors talking about the amateur roles and how ridiculous they are, especially since social media, TikTok and all of that, Instagram became so popular um, and people were being classified as professionals when they really are amateurs. So, you know, would you say it's been the last four or five years that this has really developed into a into a hate thing of the USCF? You know, I think that's a great point. I think with the advent of social media, like you said, about the past four or five years, USCF has had to grapple with what do we do with these folks who are social media ambassadors, um, are getting compensated um, for doing that. Should they be amateurs or not? And so we finally have some answers right around now. Well, that's why I had you on, because you wrote an article about the changes that went into effect on December the 1st. And to be honest, because I'm not an expert in these things, I kind of read some of them, didn't know what they were saying. So maybe you could give us the easy version of what they changed. I'll do my best. So um, just for a, just a quick background, just to remember, the important thing about the amateur rule is it's not about how good a rider you are. It's about whether or not you get compensated for riding and training, right? Right. Um, so there's five changes that we went Like you could be a beginner and be considered a professional because you give lessons or haul people to show, all of that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. You're exactly right. Um, and so the, these five rules that were passed and that go into effect, went into effect December 1st, all have loosened the restrictions just a little bit for amateurs. All right. What are they? Okay. Number one, um, amateurs are allowed to accept remuneration, that is compensation, for certain barn duties, specifically lunging. So before you weren't allowed to lunge and be an amateur. So now you can be a groom, and as long as you're not riding, you can lunge horses and still be an amateur. So what if... Can you ride... So if, if you're a paid groom, are you automatically not an amateur? Nope. If you're a paid groom, as long as your responsibilities don't include riding, okay. you are not necessarily a professional. So you're cleaning stalls and getting the horses ready, all that stuff. You're not a professional. Exactly. You're exactly right. Okay. But once you sit on a um, horse and then train a horse. Exactly. That mm. makes you a professional. Exactly. And there's no middle ground. There's just once you're over the age of 18, you're either an amateur or a professional. There's nothing in the middle right now. Okay. It almost feels like we should have a purgatory, doesn't it? Um. It sure does. That sure would make it a lot easier. <laughs> and all the Catholics out there know exactly what I'm saying. There. <laughs> <laughs> so right, go the ahead. next rule that they passed, the next rule that they passed said um, it increases the non-monetary gift of appreciation an amateur can receive from $300 to less than $1,000 annually. So what this means is, let's say I'm an amateur, Glenn, and Glenn, you break your leg, and you ask me to keep your horse in shape while your leg is broken, right? right? So I'm riding your horse for you. You can't pay me, but you can thank me with a gift, as long as that gift is worth less than $1,000. Does that make sense? Got it. Okay. So, all right. That makes sense. Okay. The next one's a little bit complicated, but this has to do with what you were talking about before, Glenn. This has to do with the rule about social media influencers and social media brand ambassadors. In short, 
so uh, amateurs are now allowed to be social media influencers and social media brand ambassadors. Um, and I can define the, the rule is so because those are sort of new terms, the rule actually defines what they mean. Social media influencers have built a reputation for their knowledge, content creation, and expertise in a specific topic and may be paid for their posts. So um, that's okay. You're allowed to be an influencer. And there's no cap? And there's no cap. Okay. Um, and then the second one, um, those are, but those are often people like celebrities or people who have put in a lot of work into building their brand. Those are people with tens of thousands of followers. So yeah. And we've I had many of them on our show. Like <laughs> so, exactly, yeah. exactly. So well, technically, no Jamie and I would fall into that category. You know, I'd have to look at exactly what it means, but very possibly. Yeah. Not well, that I was I, ever considered I, a professional at anything, but, you know. I am, I'm a pro. <laughs> You're a pro? Okay, good. I'm a pro. Jamie's going with pro. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is good. This Social is one that really was kind of archaic, right? If if they if you had a YouTube following and you showed you just showed at lower levels and whatever, right, as an amateur, but you had a YouTube following which was kind of completely separate, you would still if you took remuneration for your YouTube following or for your TikTok or your Instagram, you would be considered a professional when really you were an amateur who just had a sideline exactly right exactly um and i think it's important to note that most people you know those people who have built up their personal brand through social media and are acting as social media influencers um they may get paid but they probably aren't getting paid no the big right? secret there huh? is a lot of those people just like we learned when we started this companies will offer you stuff all day long but they really don't want to pay you money so right, right. You know, when eat, I say paid, you're exactly right. Right, but that counted, right? If they got stuff, that counted exactly. as money. Exactly. Right. Okay. Exactly, because that's remuneration, which just means payment in any form, right? And by the way, that goes for professional um, riders. Most people think that these professional riders are out promoting their their sponsors. A lot of them only get stuff. They don't get money. They get a new saddle. They get a new bridle. But in the end, that saddle and bridle don't pay the electric bill. So. Um, you know, it, it, it is a, something that people, it's a misnomer that people think that they get lots of cash from these sponsors, and they don't. Most of them don't. Right. And so the second category that has to do with social media are social media brand ambassadors, which are defined as sort of super fans of a brand or product who may or may not be getting paid to promote that product. Um, brand ambassadors often will give, or excuse me, brands will often give brand ambassadors a discount code that they can share, um, but they're generally not getting an awful lot for having done this. They're just doing it because they're really just fans, and that's okay. They're allowed to do that now. And sometimes they were affiliates, if they, you know, depending, they use the coupon code, and they would get a some very small percentage of the sales. Um, exactly. You know, and it's usually f less than 5%, not a lot of money. You're an expert in this. That's yeah, awesome. I've been doing this a little while. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and the, just the final part of that rule change that goes in there is they distinguish between influencers and ambassadors, which are both okay. What's not okay is you can't be a sponsored athlete, like you said. You can't be paid by companies or sponsors or owners to compete and conform, excuse me, to compete and perform, um, you know, and then post about it. So saddle company can't give 
Glenn a saddle that he rides in and then he posts about, right? You can't, the, the saddle company in that, in that case would be leveraging your um, performance and your reputation as a professional rider, and that's not okay. So it can't be sponsored in that way. So if I'm a lower level rider, but somebody buys a horse for me, in other words, I now have an owner, mm-hmm. but I'm still a low level. Does that then put me into pro category? Depends. Um, it, it depends on whether or not you're getting paid to ride the horse. Are they paying you to ride the horse or are okay. they just gifting you the horse? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering about that. All right. Okay, we've got two more changes. The next change, and this is a really interesting one. I'd love to hear what you think about it. Okay. It allows amateurs in certain breeds and disciplines to teach beginner lessons in non-competition environments. Um, and so this is a, there are very strict rules that go along with this. So the amateur has to register with the USCF, keep a log of all of his or her lessons, they have to be working with a USCF licensed professional, and the student has to be a true beginner who has never competed. That was my so wife, actually. Someone... When I met her, she was teaching beginners, so she would have actually fallen into this category, I think. Exactly. And what's really interesting about this rule is the task force that came up with all these rules, they sent out a survey, and 9,500 people responded to it, 75% of which were Holy amateurs. Holy crap. <laughs> Like, right? 9,500 so people survey. responding to anything, as you know, is amazing in our world. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> the survey showed that um, most of the disciplines, the sports, like dressage, hunters, jumping, and eventing, didn't want amateurs to be allowed to teach. But most of the breeds, like the Arabians, the Morgans, and Saddlebreds, did. Hmm. So the compromise is that those that wanted to be allowed to teach beginner lessons are allowed to teach them. So, for example, if you are in the jumping world, you're not allowed to teach beginner lessons. But if you're in the Morgan world, you're allowed to teach beginner lessons. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, sort of. I mean, (laughs) um, (laughs) is is that just protecting turf? Let's just take the Olympic disciplines. Is that just kind of protecting turf there? I think it's what people wanted, right? The amateurs didn't want the amateurs from the Olympic disciplines and the hunters didn't want people teaching, period, full stop. That was what the survey showed. And the folks who were in the Arabian world, Morgan, Saddlebred, um, Lusitanos, National Show Horse, and so on, said, hey, we think it's okay if people teach them up-down lessons. That sounds fine. Well, it encourages people getting into the sport and into the breed. Absolutely. And and Absolutely. keeps the prices down. Let's be honest. That's why the uh, the big three didn't want it, is because once you do this, you're you're driving the price of those beginner lessons down. Oh, that's interesting. I'd never even mm, thought of that. But that's yeah. a really interesting point. It always involves politics or money, and I think in that case it involved both. I can say that you Absolutely. can't. You work for the Chronicle, but I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie and I can say whatever we want. But doesn't that make sense? Right. It does make sense. Um, I think it's also the, the, especially I come, my, my strongest background is in the hunters and the jumpers and the hunters and the jumpers are, are historically very protective of the amateur rule and the amateur status. And they want only a few people allowed into the club who meet some very strict guidelines, politics and money, Um, politics and money. And, and just, you know, the way that sport works, because there's a lot more, the divisions, for the hunters and jumpers are based very strongly on the amateur designation. 
right, which isn't true everywhere. Sometimes, for example, for eventing, sometimes there's amateur sections, but sometimes you just get an amateur year-end award. Um, so, but, but being an amateur is a very big deal in the hunter and jumper world that allows you to compete in a lot of different classes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a very big deal in some of the Western disciplines too. Um, Absolutely. And, but you know, and then that involves a lot of money. (laughs) That's what that comes down to. Um, exactly. Well, this is interesting. Do you feel, do you feel like this was a step that, what were the comments like is what I'm trying to ask. Were the comments from, from the average people good? Were the comments like it didn't go far enough? What were your comments saying? You know, I think that generally speaking, um, people were encouraged with this. Now, this was, this was put together by, again, a USEF task force, which rules over all the breeds of disciplines, right? So you got slightly different reactions from the hunter-jumper crew versus some of the breeds, you know, um, sort of depending where people are coming from. But generally speaking, I think that this was, this was a compromise that everybody liked. Well, it sounds like they got a committee together that actually knew what uh, social media and a brand ambassador was, which we we had that problem for a while. <laughs> they got this wonderful young young writer and young woman named Caitlin Creel, who is getting her master's degree in social media marketing um, to go to get on that committee, so that she was able to really kind of break it down and make it really simple, so even I could understand. It. Well, good. Okay, good. Well, you could tell. I mean, with these rules, I could tell somebody at least understood it was in the was in the meeting. Exactly. <laughs> and we've got one little last rule yep. um, rule change that was done that allows for let's say you you turn eighteen and you have to decide whether you're going to be an amateur or professional, right? And let's say you say, I want to be a professional, and you make a go of it, and you decide that it's, it's not for you. It allows you one time to sit out for only three months rather than a full year to get your amateur status back. So it allows folks who are 18 to 25 to engage in professional activities and then reapply for amateur status after three months rather than a year. And this happens a lot, so that, actually, because you have these big dreams of being mm-hmm. a professional rider riding at the Olympics, and you go be a working student, and you're considered a professional, and you maybe get paid. And then a year later, you go, oh, I'm going to go get a job at Denny's. And then um, you, you were stuck. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And so this is sort of a nice, um, a nice way to help these young people, because there's been talk, for example— about raising the junior age to 21, there's been talk uh, which did not gain a lot of traction. People were really not sure what they thought of that. That that has a lot of implications across the sport. Um, so, so I think this is a nice a nice way to allow young people to stay in the sport. Like you said, we need young people to stay in and, and to join us. Well, and because it isn't cheap either. I mean, it's you know it's an expensive hobby we have. So. Um... Well, this is you explained it very well. I think I got it now. I got what the changes were. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. I'm I'm glad to see these. It's a step. It's a step in the right direction. I think there'll be more steps as social media plays out here, and more and more people are involved in that end of things. Um, plus, I think that I don't know if you're seeing this, but I think that peer pressure is starting maybe for the first time 
to affect decisions being made at the highest levels. And I mean peer pressure from, from members, right? Because it is members of the USEF, members of the USDF. Uh, but I think that what people are saying and the way the average person feels that's a member is starting at the very beginning right now of pushing the agenda where I don't think it ever did before. I hope that you are completely right and that we continue on that trend of getting governance to really be listening to the constituents and constituents really making their voices heard so that we can get a sport that makes people happy. Let's face it, though, they're not doing it out of generosity. They're doing it because social media exists and the platforms are bigger and people can get heard. So it, it makes bigger waves than it ever did before. So those waves are why they have to pay attention because it matters now. Um, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Everybody's got a platform now that we've got Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. And oh, you guys know that better than anybody. You started the forum idea years ago, so it was. <laughs> it's pretty much all your fault uh, over at the Chronicle. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true, though. Good point. <laughs> Is the forum still there? The forums are still there. When they go down for 10 minutes, we get 50 million phone calls in from folks who want to post. <laughs> So trust me, they're still there. They're still going strong. Are you guys shocked they're still there? You know, yes and no. Um, as, a, as a member of the editorial team, and I would say most folks on staff, we really don't spend any time on the forum. Right. You know, we're too busy working and doing other things. But I'll stop in there once in a while to see what's going on. And people just love to talk about their horses, right? <laughs> and people love to hear about, you know, people who have had similar problems and how did you deal with this problem and how did you fix that? You know, it's a nice way for people to connect. Well, there you go. And I thought that would go away, you know, when Facebook became so popular, but apparently not, you know. (laughs) Well, good for you guys. Well, thank you for joining us. It's Chronicle the Horse. You can find the, I'll put a link to the article that she is talking about, about the amateur rules right here in our show notes for today's episode. Molly, you have a great holiday, okay? Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye, Molly. Bye. Well, there, I I'm understand. I'm still here. I just, it was like, you I, know, we're just geeking out. Well, on I stuff. understand it better now than I did before. That's for sure. I didn't get it before. This amateur rule is so hard to understand. Well, you probably had yeah. to deal with it at some point. You were competing. I haven't competed as an amateur in a very long time. So I, this whole social media thing was not a, an issue when yeah. I was, I was right. an amateur status. So right. yeah, I know we have talked about it on the show because we had a couple of people on that it affected that were do, pretty popular Instagrammers and stuff. Um, but anyway, sounds like they're looking at it now. Have you shopped with Coro yet? The, this online retailer is simplifying the way you shop you're asking me i'm like yes their website (laughs) is so nice go ahead it is because that's one of the things they say in the ad the website is friendly it's easy to get around the descriptions are clear they have a, a great line of supplies and equipment to fuel your passion they have everything from grooming supplies barn supplies supplements tack and everything in between they truly are one source for all things horse All the products they sell and recommend have been tested for quality. They do do that, just like we do. So your horse only gets the best, which is exactly how it should be. They offer the best pricing available, lightning-fast shipping. And one of the things they're known for, and everybody at shops here will say this, is their customer service. Their customer service is second to none of all the retails out there. And I have been trying to cancel a credit card that we have, for for, but it seems like a year now. 
I call and never get through to anybody. And it's funny, when you cancel something like that, you have to call. You can't do it online. So, uh, But you don't have that problem with Coro. You can get on. You can talk to them. They're great about uh, returns and all that stuff. So head on over to Coro Shop, C-O-R-R-O Shop. Dot com and use the coupon code HRN for 10% off your first order today. And they don't do a lot in coupon codes. So HRN for 10% off your first order. Do that now. All right, so this is the scoop. We're going to play the Radiothon songs that I put together from past Radiothons. I don't know who sang these because we didn't say in the, in the pieces we did. So I'm, I apologize for not giving credit. Um, so these are fun, and I'm going to play them, and while they play, I'm running over to get the gazpacho. So I'm going to get to the gazpacho, and I'm going to try it, and we're going to see how it is. Jamie and I don't agree a lot on food, pretty much about anything on food. So we're going <laughs> to find... in general, uh, usually. I do like tomato soup, so I think there's some hope I'll like this. This is not tomato soup. It does not taste at all like tomato oh. soup, so you'll probably hate it, I'm I'm so excited for you to taste it and not like it because it just goes to show you how classless you actually are. Carry on. Play the music. All right. I think the last thing we tried on the show was Vegemite, right? Yeah. And again, disagreed. Yeah, I hated it. You, you've been eating it nonstop since. So. <laughs> I have it for breakfast every morning. All right. Here's some fast radiothones. Oh, sombrero. Oh, sombrero. Please don't kill me at the horse show. I'll give you treats and lots of love if you behave just like a dove. Oh, sombrero, oh, sombrero, your mommy loves you, don't you know? Here comes Radiothon, it's 12 hours long. Glenn and Wendy, our gracious hosts, are revving up the throng. Listeners and guests will wish us their best, and we'll all follow along. So leave the dishes in the sink and mix your drink, cause here we all belong. Here comes Radiothon, here comes Radiothon, right down Holiday Lane. Here comes Jamie with all her Mustangs, love that Zeus's mane. Some might say we're a little cray-cray, but we don't really care. Our horse hubby stay, they love us anyway, at least they pretend we're sane. Here comes Radiothon, here comes Radiothon, it's Cyber Monday. Jamie and Jen are ready again, to the internet gods they pray. Whether beta prizes, in all shapes and sizes, everyone wants to win. So stay in bed, tell the boss you're dead, it's Radiothon today. Here comes Radiothon, here comes Radiothon, we've waited all year. What awaits us, we're not sure, but it will soon be clear. It's a live show, so you never know, or that's what Glenn always says. So charge your phone and stay at home, because Radiothon is here. Here comes Radiothon, here comes Radiothon, we're ready to begin. We're all shopping on horse lovers, you can count (laughs) us in. Leslie Wiley is here to raise a glass of cheer, we all follow her lead. So throw your horse some hay and prepare to stay with Radiothon, we all win. Again, people are so talented. Uh, thank you to everybody who's contributed in past years. Hopefully next year we'll put something together so that you guys can all get your singing out again. I mean, really, they, they want to. <laughs> all right. So last Wednesday on the show, every Wednesday for 
little while for as long as you guys are enjoying this. We're going to do a recipe, and then your assignment is to go over the weekend and give it a try. And we had we had several people do it. Um, and Jamie did one of her recipes, and then on Wednesday, we have a special guest coming in to do a recipe for us. So you did your gazpacho soup, and if you want to hear that, go back to last Wednesday's show, and you'll get the recipe. It's also in the show notes for last Wednesday's show. Uh, Lorene tried it, our good old Lorene, who you hear every Friday here on uh, Really Bad Ads. And she My name said, is Lorene Bodden. Yes, right. Yeah. And she had it with, uh, like, uh, guacamole toast and all kinds of stuff. Um, she said it was so good, my husband liked it too. Nice. Matt tried it and said, Glenn, it was really good. By the way, no, he. I think he said it this way. Glenn, it, it was really good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like he was surprised. Uh, this recipe... Hey, it, was, it was actually good. <laughs> this recipe will hang around for some time, for summertime. It is refreshing and paired well with grilled cheese. That's so, funny. So, and then we had a lot of people bitching and whining at you because <laughs> you gave oh. a cold soup recipe when it's cold out. So, yeah, well. do these people not put ice in their drinks in the winter? Only it's- hot coffee, Glenn. <laughs> all people drink in the, in the north in the winter. You know, yeah, uh, you asked me for a recipe of things that I make, and I don't make many yeah, things. The, so, this the was number kinda, is I limited. Make, so. I can make a lasagna, but that would take forever to explain. Um, I make. Well, I make this, so suck it. It's just what I, Glenn gave me an assignment, and that's what I do, and that's what I make, and now I'm hungry. So let's right. let taste it. So I made it yesterday, and first of all, you didn't tell me it would fill the blender up to the very top. There's a lot of gazpacho. It's a yeah, lot. It, well, you know what? I, I can't tell you everything. Some things I have to leave for your own discovery. All right. It looks good. It looks like cold soup. It looks like cold tomato soup, and I'm going to taste it now. Um, it smells oh, good. Oh, my God. so excited it's actually pretty good <laughs> why'd you say like matt did because <laughs> i'm kind of surprised see that's the thing being a vegetarian like if i make something and somebody tries it they're like wow that's actually pretty good i'm no, like i don't eat dog food for a living like come on people i don't know I that eat- tofu you made for us sucked i'm just saying you didn't want to like the tofu. It's fine. No, and I really care. didn't. So <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer didn't like the tofu to be fair either. I think it's consistency. Partly. Um, this is good. I got to tell you, you're right. It's kind of tomato soupy, but more. Cucumber. Some yeah, the pepper. cucumber just comes out in it. Now, I yeah. use pretty big cucumbers because I really like cucumber. So and you'll love this soup. Yeah. yeah, no, I like it. And I didn't put a ton of garlic. I just put, like you said, I just put one clove. Uh, yeah, one small clove or even just garlic salt sometimes is all I'll use. Because if because the garlic will tend to linger in your in your face for a while. And I had to go out and buy red wine vinegar, so I had to get that. <laughs> so, oh, I put that. Like, I think we had run out, and I everything. just never bought it back. And uh, you wouldn't want to use any kind of other kind of vinegar. I think apple cider vinegar no. wouldn't be as good. No, 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 it's it's not at all the same thing. So yeah, well, I'm glad you like it. All right, this is approved. I would make this again. Probably in the summertime. It's like when people are like, your training is amazing. You should write a book. I There is a book. I read it. Um, I didn't make this recipe up. I just stole it from a sweet old lady in Spain. <laughs> and I bastardized it. So I made it even simpler than her. I have made it once the way she made it, which took me like nine hours. And then I'm like, oh, I just 
poured in. My blender is old, <clears throat> so it had a little trouble. With <laughs> I should have used the food processor on the hard ingredients first. Yeah. The blender had trouble with the peppers and stuff. Uh, cucumber. Well, that's why first. Vitamix is is the one that I would recommend. So basically, this for those who didn't hear Wednesday, it's a, a cold soup. And I got the recipe from a lady in Spain because it's delicious. And you take tomatoes. Um, I use like from a carton crushed tomatoes or tomato puree. I put that in there and it's got some cucumbers, a red pepper, some vinegar, a piece of like bread soaked. And it's just really, really good. And then you chill it for 24 hours and it's super good. And I'm I'm hungry. All right. Let's move on. Uh, Somebody else just tried it and she's coming in to tell you what she thinks of it. Uh Oh, oh God. (laughs) Oh no. For unlike Glenn, I don't think it looks very pretty. I, maybe I just spent too much time cleaning up after pickles earlier last year, and it's just giving me bad memories. But anyway, um, it does taste pretty good. I think I'm going to tell Glenn to use a little bit less garlic this next time. But, are you uh, saying it looks like diarrhea? What are you talking I'm, about? It, well, yeah. <laughs> it's red. It's, oh, God, well, never mind. It, don't, ex- don't expand. No. It. it tastes okay? Yeah, it tastes pretty good. I, I like the texture of it. It's got a nice, crunchy, crispy, fresh texture. I really like that. And I'm not usually a cold soup person. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad you guys appreciate it. It's very healthy and it's good to have in your fridge. Don't remind me that it's healthy because that will reduce it, its value for me. So It's a tremendously fattening. And Thank you. A lot of olive oil in it and it's probably terrible for you. Thank you. I appreciate You're it. Welcome. <laughs> I'll put Glenn back. Ah, I'm stuck. God, I feel like I was about to get in trouble. This probably has so, like two like, calories per wife, serving. She, she can't actually <laughs> say it was good. She has to tell me it looks like dog diarrhea first, <laughs> and then she tells me. So it's like it's like the people like you did a good job, but or like I mean they, they they're like in a meeting they'll like fire off a slam and then they compliment you to like make you leave the room feeling better. Your wife can't just be like. It was good. She's like, mm, it looks like blood. And then it's good. You guys think I'm picky about food. She's worse. <laughs> All right. Tell us about Arena Saddles, and then we'll do some first world it's problems. Passive, aggressive. Is that what that is? <laughs> Probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, get ready to turn heads with the beautifully styled, meticulously designed Arena Saddle crafted with European leather without sacrificing comfort for you or your horse. The classic elegance and unbeatable quality of Arena Saddles will take your seat to the next level in the ring. The classic uh, arena saddles are known for their beauty, comfort, and practicality, and you can't deny these stylish saddles have eye appeal, but you might be wondering, what makes an arena saddle so comfortable? Features like an ultra-soft seat and knee inserts, a perfectly balanced seat, customizable rider support, and extra protective cushioning to give your horse softness and freedom that make arena saddles the premier choice for any discerning rider. With saddles for every discipline and and confirmation priced at but that doesn't make any sense. With saddles for every discipline, uh, priced at $15.99, there's an arena saddle that's perfect for you. Visit arenasaddles.com to view the full range of saddles available to find a retailer near you. And, Glenn, you should edit this stuff before you put it in for me to just read because I'll just read it. <laughs> for every discipline and confirmation, priced at just $15.99. See, it's how you read it. Yeah, but it's confirmation is spelled wrong. Oh, that's so. the. I think that's the Australian way. <laughs> Remember, oh, they spell things different. <laughs> whatever. That is ridiculous. That's okay. 
It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. That's right, equestrian first world problems. This is where on Sunday nights or Monday morning, Glenn or I put on a post on the auditor's Facebook page and ask you, what are your equestrian first world problems for the past week? And nobody has any problems, Glenn. It's totally weird. Yeah, well, that's the end of the show. Thank you, everybody. Right. No, so we you do have them, and I appreciate you sharing them. It's cathartic, and it's good for you, and it's healthy. And Glenn, tell them how they can also submit to be uh, submit first world equestrian problems. You have to become an auditor and join our auditor Facebook group, and you can do that by going to horseradionetwork.com and clicking on the auditor banner on the right side of the page. Three bucks a month. I mean, that's a, that's a minimum you can support the network. All right, so Gina has her first problem, and she says, I'm moving barns. So that means I have to actually clean up and inventory my horse stuff. And now I know I really don't need any more tech. <laughs> I think everybody should have to move houses and barns about every five years. It forces you to purge. It's fun every once in a while because you're like, wow, I found something I didn't know I had. You know, like every once in a while. Uh, Kaylin says, I worked so hard this year reaching my goal weight. But now I don't have any warm breeches that fit, and it's getting too cold for riding tights. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've got the best winter breeches. Hold on. What are they called? Uh, what are my winter breeches called, Glenn? Printer breeches. They're the best brand. I can't remember. I'll get back to you. I'll think of it. They're fuzzy. Uh, oh, God. There's I got so you. many now. I know, but this one is the best. Uh, okay, I'll get back to you. Uh, you know what, Caitlin, send me a message if I can't remember by the end of the show. All right, Margaret says, we only have one hook each at the barn to hang blankets, and my ponies have a very extensive wardrobe. So now my garage is overflowing with pony blankets. And can I tell you, she sent pictures, and it's true. <laughs> One horse, 25 blankets. <laughs> I mean, there seems to be a lot of blankets in her garage. All right. The next one, Amy says, we have had such great weather lately, and it's just so hard to decide whether to ride my two horses or drive my two minis. Oh, so many horses, so much not enough time <laughs> in this perfect weather. Uh, Hillary says, I bought a new jump saddle with a really forward flap, and that my collection... <laughs> Ellery, I want a picture too. I bought a new jump saddle with a really forward flap, and my collection of 30 plus saddle pads don't fit under, so now I have to start all over and buy new pads. <laughs> <laughs> you know you don't hate it. You know you don't. Um, let's see who's next. Oops, I lost it. Kara says the temperature dropped like crazy in the last 24 hours, so I put the horses in the barn to stay all nice and warm. But now I have to clean stalls. Girl, that is my issue. I'm like, oh, they'll be fine. I'm like, God dang it. You got a barn for a reason. Put the horses in the barn. And then they have to clean. It's like this whole like, thing that happens clean, in my head. And you have to put new bedding in. It's just a cycle. Sticky seat. That's what it is. Sticky seat breaches. They are they're like fleece lined. I mean, I mean, I don't live in, you know, Alaska or anything, but they're, I wear them all winter. And I actually just wear them as pants now because I bought like five at this point. Sticky seat and they have like a winter one. Okay. Whew. Okay. I feel better. <sighs> um, Summer says that my donkeys were volunteered to, that means voluntold. 
I'm going to go with that. My donkeys were voluntold to be in the live nativity. So now I have to spend all week working on their people skills and reconvincing them that trailers are awesome. P.S. This trailer is not awesome. <laughs> she posted a picture, too, of the donkeys in the tra- trying oh to get in the trailer. Goodness. It's a picture of her on the inside of the trailers and all the donkeys on the outside of the trailer. <laughs> we used to do that with my pony. We used to be... We used to be told that our church, uh, when Jennifer and I first met, we used to bring the pony over. The pony played the donkey uh, because we didn't have a donkey. So the pony had to play the donkey in the nativity scene every year. It was so good doing that. I had to do that one time, bring my pony up, but I I don't think it went well. And I don't think we got invited back. You didn't get invited back? (laughs) Christ wasn't riding your pony again. (laughs) Yeah, if he was, he'd go, Christ! Uh, Ariel says, I have a couple of horses that I've taken on as training horses, which is great. But tomorrow temps are only getting up to 27. And my heated vest has not arrived yet, so now I have to wear even more layers. (sighs) Dude, I just messaged Helena because uh, she has her mare that she adopted. It's going to ship out probably 13th through the 15th somewhere in December. She's going to get it going up to Rhode Island. Oh, she's going to get a Christmas present. I know. And this is the nicest mare. And I texted her. I'm like, dude, I'm going to ride your horse today. And it is gale force wind outside. Like solid north wind. Like, you remember that song? Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plate. That is legit. It is a thing here. The wind is insane. And I'm going, and I was like, here we go. I'm going to test out your mare today. This is going to, this is like, this is it. This is her final exam. If she passes this final exam, you're going to be fine. Um, all right. Well, you um, know what? That's good because Helena lives about a quarter mile from the ocean there in Rhode Island. So she gets some heavy winds too. So that, that's good. Oh, yeah. I'm, this is what I do as a trainer. Is I simulate anything you could You had no idea have. where she lived, did you? I knew she lived in Rhode Island. <laughs> there. Megan says, I have a no idea what to get my trainer for Christmas. And we are friends too, which makes it harder and even harder in like a way. Help. I can't help you. I give people, if I don't know what to give them, I give them money. Uh, Alicia, I had a really funny one last Tuesday. And I thought, I have got to remember this for next week. And then I totally forgot what it was. Got to write it down. Just write it down somewhere. Um, By the way, I kind of recommend, this is what I've gone to do in the previous question about what to get them. And I've got this, I have this problem with, I have to buy something for another podcast or somebody help me out or whatever. I always go Amazon gift cards because then they can get horsey stuff or any other stuff and get anything. Good. I like that. That's a little classier than cash. (laughs) Well, and then they can just get anything, you know, it's. I like it. I like it, but then they know how much, but the dollar price you put on them. Well, if you're going to give them cash, they know the dollar price too. That's true. (laughs) Uh, Obviously. Um, Adrian says the neighbor fed the horses for me. So give them more than five bucks, Jamie. (laughs) But if you buy something on clearance and they don't know it's on clearance, they're like, wow, she really went all out. out Jamie went to Aldi for that one. Yeah. Um, a, by the way, we have an Aldi here. I finally found it and went in and, um, did you pay your quarter to get your cart? I did. I put mm-hmm. the quarter in to get the cart and I never have uh, the quarter and I'm always pissed. Dude, actually I didn't put the quarter in. Somebody else was putting their Aldi cart back and they said, here, take this cart. And I was like, really? That's so <sighs> they gave nice. They their quarter like, for you. 
No, they said somebody did it for us. Oh. So, you know <laughs> so nobody's paid around. for the card all day. <laughs> I don't, I'm going to wait around and I'm going to give this card to somebody else, which I did. I was like, let's pay it forward. It was beautiful. But then I went in Aldi and that is a mess. Mm. That's a mess. Yeah, but people love Aldi. It, it's a, I was expecting it to not be a mess and it was a mess. No, it's like a, it's like a Benton Dent store. It's, it's pretty crazy. I did not know. Yeah. Um, Adrian says that my neighbor fed my horses for me last night. Yay. But he didn't throw me any hay down for this morning. Oh, I know the feeling I, because I make Dave's food at, and at, in the morning, I make it for the night. In the night, I make it for the morning. And I had farm boy feeding over the weekend when I came back, you know, uh, from the concert on Sunday morning. And the food was not made. And I was like, excuse me, we have chores to finish. Um, Gwen says, I'm buying my first horse. Oh, my God, yay. And I have her on trial for a month. And she's amazing. But she's a Frisian cross. And her mane and tail are so long and so beautiful and require so much work that I'm going to have to spend half our time together brushing and braiding her hair for the next 20 years. Equiderma. Save half the time. Equiderma you know for you. Get yourself a gypsy for three days and we'll see how you feel. <laughs> By the, the way, hair. congratulations, her first horse ever. That's terrific. No, I saw in another post that it's a Frisian Tennessee walking horse cross. I got to know how it Is moves. it gated? Yeah. I mean, Guess who it... does that, number one? I mean, it's a beautiful horse. Might be the like, smoothest gate ever. Who knows? <laughs> a high-stepping, I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. We need so to get her on. Gate. We definitely need to get her on to talk about that horse. Yeah. Yeah. Super cute. Uh, Sharon says, I have two barn parties that I could go to on Saturday, but it's my husband's birthday and we're doing family stuff. Ugh. Yeah, you can't really call in. All of you horsewomen would be so happy if you didn't have families. Uh-huh. Uh, no, distant no. families. You're happy with your own family that lives in the house. But everybody else, screw them. <laughs> Exactly. Um, Olivia says, I spent so much time trying to convince Murphy. And there's a picture of a donkey. Oh, my God. The cutest picture ever. I've spent so much time trying to convince Murphy that I was worth befriending that I lost all track of time and didn't have time to do all the other things I wanted to do at the barn yesterday. Uh, yeah, I would lose track of time, too. And we call that barn time. Like, I'll, I'll tell Chad, I'm like, I'm just going to run down and feed. I'll be back in 20 minutes. And he's like, and even Lucas is like, yeah, whatever, Mom. 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> it's bad when your kid has it figured out. <laughs> Jessica says, I can't ride today because I have to clip my horse again. Because one month after getting clipped, he's back to being a hairy yak. And this is going to take all afternoon. Jessica, you live in Florida and you adopted a horse from Oklahoma. Okay? It's going to happen. <laughs> Thank God it has hair. I have two here that have no hair and I'm dying. I got bad That's news right. for you too, Jessica. They say sometimes the hair gets less and less each year or sometimes not. Like with Scooter, still as hairy as he, if he lived in Ohio. So, yeah. yeah. It's 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 not true. Yeah, everybody was like, you know what? They'll figure it out because Thor, the first Mustang that I adopted from northern Nevada, like the high plains, you know, came and the first winter I was like, oh my God. Like, I mean, I got him in February. His hair was like a yak. And then the next year, oh, it'll get less. He's in Arizona. Nope. <laughs> Not Maybe even. after 10 years. I don't know. but I think that's all crap. It's like if you pluck a hair, it won't come back. It lies. 
All, All right, time for one more. That was it. That was it. That was, was it? the last one. All right, cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for submitting your really bad ads. Hang on, auditors. We'll chat with you for a minute here after. Maybe we'll do a list or something. I don't know. Uh, but we'll chat with you guys after. Uh, and we're going to be dark tomorrow. Uh, we we will have, starting uh, next month in January, we're going to have a show again on the first Tuesday of the month. So that Sidelines Magazine is going to be joining us starting in January. So look for that. We'll be, uh, we're excited to have them join us. Uh, they're been around forever. They're a fun magazine. And uh, Wellington season's coming up. By the way, Charlotte, I, I, I forgot to mention this when we talked about Charlotte Merrill Smith. She's excited to announce that she's leaving this week. And she's going to be spending the season in Wellington getting ready for uh, hopefully being on the para team. So she's going to be training down there this year So instead of Ocala. So I'm very excited for her. We're so proud of everything that she's done with that horse Gigi. Uh, They they just have a great partnership. They really do. That's awesome. So congratulations, Charlotte. All right. Hang on, everybody. We'll see you all back here on Wednesday. Oh, I'm going to complain about something in the post show. And that's new? (laughs) I mean, I I might not. Do you want me to do it? Not (laughs) just with you? After we're done? (laughs) Or do you want me to let everybody else hear it?